So when you're telling yourself, I'm not confident, I can't do this, or I, or, or I'm, I look terrible today, or all the, all the negative things or fear-based things we tend to tell ourselves, a contemplative practice gives you the ability to take a step back and realize, you know what, these are just thoughts. These are not, um, these are not who I am. Hi there, friends, and welcome to episode 90 of the Spirituality for Ordinary People podcast. My name is Matt Bruff, and I'm an author and a pastor, and I'm your host. And today we're talking about centering prayer, and I have a guest on named Rich Lewis who has a new book out called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer. But just before we get to that interview... Uh, I wanted to mention my new book, which is out on November 2nd, 2020. If you're listening to this before that, this episode's releasing just before November 2nd, uh, you can still pre-order the book. If you go to letgodsend.com, you can find links there to, or you can search for it on Amazon, or I think it's available on Barnes & Noble as well, and a few other places. Amazon's probably the easiest place to find it. Uh, And you can actually sign up for pre-order bonuses as long as you're ordering before November 2nd. And that includes a free copy of the audiobook, which just finished production. So that's going to be out in the next few weeks, which is really exciting. I haven't gone through an audiobook production before. But uh, yeah, this has a paperback, a hardcover, an ebook, and now an audiobook. But if you buy the hardcover or paperback or ebook in advance through pre-order, you can get the audiobook for free. So uh, feel free to do that. Uh, there's other bonuses as well, including the ebooks of my first two Let God Be Present and Let God Be God books, uh, and a few other things that are listed there on the website. So if you go to letgodsend.com and click on uh, the pre-order and bonuses buttons, uh, you can find everything you need there. If it's confusing, just send me an email. Uh, you can always email me at matt at mattbruff.com, M-A-T-T-B-R-O-U-G-H.com. Uh, but for now, why don't you sit back, relax, and listen to this interview with Rich Lewis. Today on the podcast, I have Rich Lewis. Uh, it's great to have you back back on the show Rich, uh, you were here a couple of years ago. Yes, it is great to be back, and, and it's exciting. I, as you know, I'm back with a book that just came out called Sitting with God, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer, and mm-hmm. published a week early, so it was kind of interesting. It was supposed to publish this Thursday, the 20th, and we were ready to go, and the publisher asked me last week, do you want to publish now? And I said, yes. I mean, there's, let's just let's get started. So. My book, my book is out, and I'm and I'm fine with that. It was kind of fun. So I was actually on vacation when it when it officially launched, which was perfectly fine and a nice way to celebrate vacation as well. Or the yeah, end that's really good. Yeah, so that's great, great to be back. Thank you for having me back. Yeah, it's it's great to have you. And I know last time you were here, we talked about centering prayer as well. So people can go back and listen to that interview too. Um, but that's kind of your thing. Like that's what your book is really about is about centering prayer. Um, and probably before we kind of jump into talking about some of the, maybe some of the deeper topics of what we might get into, we should just summarize really quickly, uh, what centering prayer is. Cause a lot of our conversation is going to be around that. Um, and if there might be a couple of people who want to switch off with like, Oh, centering prayer, uh, no, they're already tuning out. Um, but I want to encourage them to hang in because I think this is actually 
something that's really, really important for anyone who is hoping to develop in their relationship with God. Like it's, uh, it's, it's pretty central to what, what people need to know about. Um, not necessarily the be all and end all of everything, but, but I for sure think people need to try out centering prayer and give it a, give it a shot. Um, so, uh, can you tell us real quick, what is centering prayer and, uh, and just so that people kind of understand what it is. Sure. Well, the first thing I'll say is it doesn't replace other forms of prayer. So by all means, practice your other forms of prayer. And I do. It's not the only way I pray. It's a form of silent prayer. It was created um, in early 1970s, actually, by three Trappist monks, uh, Thomas Keating, William Manager, and Basil Pennington. And they uh, discovered a way to pray. Actually, Father William Manager was the one that found it in in the cloud of unknowing, which is an old English book. And it's a method of silent prayer where instead of verbally talking, you're quiet and you're sitting in silence and letting God pray in you. And and I guess I won't go into the, how you do it. We talked about that at the last um, podcast. Maybe that'll urge, move people to not people to do that, but it's a form of silent prayer where you're silent and you're opening to the presence and actions of God within and letting God act in you. And then, as I said, by all means, continue your other forms of prayer. It's just a beautiful way to complement your existing prayer. Right. And actually, um, so I, we often hear about um, people saying, like pastors will say this, that we need to spend time with God. Like that's not an unusual concept for Christians um, that, uh, you know, will be encouraged. Oh, you got to spend some time with God. But what does that actually mean? And I, I feel like centering prayer has a bit of an answer for what that looks like. Um, because some people might ask, well, A, well, why do we need to spend time with God? And, and then B, well, how do, we actually, how do we actually do that? Like if you're talking about silence as maybe a form of listening uh, as well, a lot of people might think spending time with God is, is them doing a lot of talking or reading the Bible or whatever. Um, but I think centering prayer actually can give a key to sort of why we need to spend time with God and also how the how of what does that look like? Right. Um, I mean, essentially, if you think about it, you're, it's, it's a two-way relationship with God. So it's not just you talking to God. It's you then turning around and listening to God. So it's a way to have um, a more intimate relationship with God where you're sitting with God and letting God act in you at a deeper level than your thoughts and, and emotions and any physical sensations. So it's right. when you're with a friend or a lover or someone special, sometimes you just like being with that person and you don't always talk. And it's that type of prayer where you're just with being with God and you don't need to talk because God is, I think of it as reverse prayer during this time, God prays in me mm-hmm. and he prays in me things I need for the rest of the day, whether it's wisdom for a task or confidence or peace. Um, God is just praying in me what I need, maybe even just to get through the rest of the day. So it's really just a intimate prayer where you're just sitting with um, someone that's very special to you. Right. Right. Um, I also think that um, like some folks are are just going to say, well, I'm bad at silence. Like, I, I can't, I can't do that. Like I can't sit and, and just be quiet for 20 minutes is the kind of the recommended time frame is 20 minutes. Um, you may not want to start there if you're starting out, but, um, um, some people might just say, well, I just can't do that. Like, I just can't sit in silence. My mind wanders, all those kinds of things. Um, 
And I kind of feel like if we were all good at it, like if we had no problem uh, as human beings sitting in silence, we we actually wouldn't really need tools like centering prayer. Um, because we would just then, because we would just be able to do it naturally. Um, but there are some tools within centering prayer that actually are ways to, to actually help us do that. Like if we could just do that, no problem, then, then yeah. So anyone who kind of objects, I kind of feel like, well, yeah, but that's the point. Like, that's why we have these practices is to actually help you enter into that. Um, so I, I wondered if you could share a bit of your experience. And I know you wrote in the book a little bit about, um, your daughter, as well, asking about centering prayer, that might even be something to just share uh, about your experience getting into centering prayer, or even your daughter's experience of, of of trying it out with you. Sure. So when I began centering prayer, I used to do it um, in the in the I would do it in the morning before I went to work. So most people were sleeping in the house, including the children. But at night, I would go to the basement and sit on a couch, and my two kids would see me going there every night, and they were wondering, "What is Dad doing?" So I would invite them down, but they, they didn't want, they wanted to have their own special time. So I would have to invite my daughter down and then the next night, my son down. So I said, come down, I'll show you what I'm doing. So I actually, at that time, um, Joshua, my son, he's 12 now. So he probably was eight, wanted to know what I was doing. So I, we did a, I taught him centering prayer. We did a one minute sit. I'm right. um, the Temple of Outreach app, and we made it sort of fun where I lit a candle, um, and then we said a short prayer. We, we said, oh, I open my heart to your love, and then we did a one-minute sit together, and then I let him blow the candle out. And then for my daughter, I introduced her to it, and I knew she wouldn't be able to sit in silence for 20 minutes, so I, I think we may have started with one or two minutes, and we actually have been able to work up to seven to ten minutes with her. Um, and the dif- difference with her is she was afraid she'd fall asleep, I sent her with my eyes um, closed. So I said, do it with your eyes open. There's nothing wrong with that. So she would just stare at a spot straight in front of her and um, sent her with her eyes open. And and in fact, we still, uh, with my son and with my daughter, still do it from time to time. And my daughter, even yesterday, said, when are we going to do it again together? So we will sporadically in the evening do a center in prayer, sit together, either kid. Haven't done it with all three. Actually, I should ask them that to say, that's the three of us do it. Um, but they both um, wanted to know what is dad doing. So, and it was neat that they asked me. So I said, well, come, come with me. I'll show you. <laughs> right. Right. I, and I think kind of what it, what's illustrated there for folks is, is to think about um, like starting at 20 minutes. And I kind of said, starting at 20 minutes and, and the recommended is 20 minutes twice a day. Um, that can actually seem really daunting and it's actually okay. If you're starting out to start, with just a few minutes. Um, and you just mentioned an app as well that might be helpful for people. Sure. And I'll even add on to what you're saying. I mean, I, I always tell people some silence is better than no silence. So if you have, yeah. if you can't do 20, it's, you know, take baby steps, start with one, two minutes, work your way up five, 10, 15, 20. But I have some, like I have some coaching clients and they just can't do it and they have restless leg syndrome and, but he can manage 10 minutes. So that's what he sticks with. So mm-hmm. Any amount of time that you can sit with God is, is perfect. I cannot imagine God being upset that <laughs> changed him for 15 minutes. So that, that's just a guideline, but God's delighted whenever you sit. That's right. And then um, coming back to your question on the app, it's, uh, I guess it's on iTunes. You, you can probably get it with various phones. It's called the Contemplative Outreach, um, I think, Centering Prayer app. And, and in it, you can set an opening prayer, you can set an opening bell, and then you can set how long you're going to sit, and then the bell, opening bell, and then there's silence, and then there's a closing bell, 
And then I think there's even a closing prayer if you want to do that. So it's a nice way to not worry about the time, plug in what you're going to do, and then do your centering prayer sit. Yeah. So I, when I would do it, I would just use uh, the regular timer on my phone, which I guess you can do. Sure. But, I mean, I think, but the bell probably sounds nicer. <laughs> it does. You can, you can set, there's different types of bells. So if you real gonging ones or real gentle ones, right. And then there's not, then there's even non bell sounds. So it is pretty nice. You can select your sound. That's nice. Yeah. Cause I think I, I mean, you can do that with the timer too. It's maybe a little harder. Um, but, uh, but I would always find that I'd get to the end of, you know, whatever time I'm doing. It's often, it's usually not 20 minutes, um, but uh, usually shorter. And that alarm goes off and it really like startles me. Like, I, I think maybe I need to find something a little more gentle to come out of this. So maybe a, a lighter bell is maybe the way to go. So yeah, yeah. App, apps can help us with that. No, they can. I was, yeah, I would suggest that. I even think of Thomas Keating in many of his books saying, you know, you want a pleasant sounding you don't want something that's going to jar you out of your seat at the end of your right. Right. You need another set to calm yourself down. <laughs> that's right. um, why? So why is this even important? So why is centering prayer and even just silence so important? And maybe especially now in, the, in um, today's, in, in the time we're living through. I mean, the first thing I'll say, and it's, it's actually the name of my website, Silence Teaches Us Who We Are. I, I think we need to be silent. Um, centering prayer, and for that matter, any contemplative practice, helps you cultivate the ability to um, look at your thoughts and realize some of my thoughts aren't me. So when you're telling yourself, I'm not confident, I can't do this, or I, or, or, I'm, I look terrible today, or all the, all the negative things or fear-based things we tend to tell ourselves, and contemplative practice gives you the ability to take a step back and realize, you know what? These are just thoughts. These are not, um, these are not who I am. So that's one important thing about any contemplative practice. And then it really just helps us connect to a deeper part of ourself, which really is the divine image within us, our true self, um, the person God wants us to become. We get to connect to this being or image of, of God within God's DNA within us. So we're not God, but we're connecting to God and taking God's actions out into the world. So, I mean, I think just being helps us with our doing. So as you sit in silence and then you get up and do things, I've definitely noticed it because I'll do two sits a day and I'll, I'll notice my second sit. I'm very productive the rest of the day. So I might, I might be tired and worried about how I'm going to get my tasks done, but I'll do my second sit anyhow. And when I come out of it, I'm calmer and more grounded. And I'm always amazed back when I look back the rest of the day that I, I got those tasks done. They weren't as difficult as I thought. They didn't take as long as I thought. So being really helps you with doing. Mm, yeah. Um, I also think uh, that... I, I know that I've found that in this particular time, like during uh, COVID um, and uh, and dealing with, like there's been a lot going on in the world uh, with pandemics and, uh, and racial justice issues and all kinds of things. Um, I've actually, centering prayer is not my, my go-to practice. Like that's not what I would usually do for, for my spiritual practice. My, Go to is often uh, walking, so um, praying as I walk and uh, and uh, 
walking labyrinth sometimes, but often just trying to go outside. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually found that prayer walking and also I practiced the examine uh, a fair amount. I was finding those, they're still good, but I was finding that actually they're, they're almost too, they were too active. Um, like they're too directive on, like I'm often praying about, uh, I find my mind going towards like, what am I going to do? Like what is uh, walking I find is a powerful metaphor for action. Like what, what's the next step I'm going to take? It's a helpful discernment practice. Right. But what I really needed was actually not to be reminded of here's a whole bunch of things to do and how to get some focus on what's the next thing I needed to actually just shut all that off and realize, oh, oh, actually, the center of all of this is really just about who I am as God's child. So I found myself, especially uh, back in May and June, I was turning to centering prayer a lot more um, because I just realized, oh, in this time that I'm in, in this season that I'm in, um, my regular practice just wasn't working the same way. It wasn't helping me. It was actually starting to stress me out a little more. Um, and then just returning to something that is almost a more basic kind of prayer. Like I feel like centering prayer is almost like this building block that other types of prayer can sit on top of rather than the other way around, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. And then actually one thing I'll also say about centering prayer is don't feel that you need to sit. Like some people have a bad back or, sure. or issues where they can't sit comfortably. So by all means, lie down. And some people have attention deficit disorder, so it makes it even more difficult, but they still want to do it. So I actually suggest walking. You can do centering prayer while walking. Obviously, just pay attention to where you're walking. But you can do centering prayer anywhere. You can do it while walking. That's really the only way you can do it. If you have to lie down, lie down. If you have, if you need to sit, 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 I think. So there's many different ways to do it. And you can do it anywhere. You can do it in the car, in an airplane, on a train, um, at a pool, is lying outside at a pool at the beach. You can quietly do it anywhere and not worry about anybody wondering what you're doing because they'll just think you're sitting there or they'll just think you're sleeping if your eyes are closed. So it's, right. it can be done anywhere privately between you and God. In, in the book, and I think actually in our our first conversation a few years ago, you talked a little bit about your second sit, and you've mentioned that today already. Um, and you just saying you can do it in the car that reminds me, you talk about that in the book is going, you like, you have an office job, right? It's like you're, this is your, your full-time job is not writing books about centering prayer. Um, but you have an office job and you go out and leave the office and go and sit in the car and, uh, and do that. Um, and I really, I really love that. Um, so I don't know, do you, do you want to give us a bit of a reflection on that? Like, I know you talk a bit about your coworkers kind of knowing what, knowing what you're doing. Like, I don't know if they've had responses to, to that or ask questions about it or anything. Sure. Sure. Now, obviously right now, unfortunately we're all working from home. That's true. But yes. At the yeah. time, um, they knew what I was doing and they would sort of joke about, it. I was walking down the center of the aisle and the centering part of the parking lot to my car, but I would, I would do my second sits before lunch and I'm, I was more of a late lunch eater. So it was probably quarter to one. I would just go to the car most of the times, even in the winter, because I could turn the car on for a little bit to keep it warm, and then I would turn it off. And then in the summer, provided it wasn't 95 degrees, I could just lower the windows and sit and park the car underneath a tree. So no, I would go there and do a 20-minute sit um, in my car, then return and um, eat my lunch. So a couple of people asked me about it, so I taught Center in Prayer to a few people in the aisle I don't know if they tried it or not, but they were curious. They were wondering why I kept where I was going and then coming back. 
um, and I would tell them what I was doing and they found it very interesting. So yes, you could do it anywhere. You could even do it. And some people will say they don't have time for their second sit. I'll encourage them um, sit in your car before you leave. And I've done that from time to time where I've just pressed, sat in my car after the day ended and then drove home. Hmm. So you, you can be flexible again with wherever you do your sit. Yeah, I was uh, I was really impressed too. Like, I don't know if you're getting even more done at home or less done at home, but it sounds like you have a pretty long commute as well. Um, normally, yeah, the commute was about an hour drive it, yeah. it, with light traffic, forty five minutes. Um, so that that was my commute um, when we were driving. We've been working from home um, since mid March at this point with no with kind of no right. end in sight. What yeah, yeah. I think there's a big temptation though around this. I don't have time. Like you're finding you, you have 40 minutes in your day devoted to this. And like, how are you, how are you finding time? Or is there, is there a secret, is there a secret sauce that you have, Rich, that, uh, that, that helps us? Like, I don't think uh, you're immune to, you know, running around with like lots of different commitments and, and things like that. Um, but I think people really struggle with that. No, I, I, well, I think for me, the most important thing, the best way to start my day is with the silent sit. So with that, you simply have to make the time. So if you know what time you have to get up to do your things, you need, you need to just get up earlier. So if you're going to do a 20-minute sit, you probably should get up 30 minutes earlier, do your sits, and then begin the rest of your day. Hmm. So that's my first sit is, is the first thing I do, and I just carve out the time and set the alarm 30 minutes earlier, that way it gets done. On the weekends, I, I whenever I get up, is I do I do my sit, and then after my sit, make coffee for my wife and I. So the first sit, you just carve, you really just have to discipline yourself to carve the time out. And I think you'll find it's just a really nice, refreshing way to start your day. I think of it as I'm sitting with God, and now I'm going to walk with God in my non-centering times. Mm -hmm. And then in terms of the second sit, I guess let the ebbs and flows of your life best determine when to do it. So for me, it's very helpful to do it right before lunch as a way of then helping me finish the day strong. It really just helps me. For some people, it might be before dinner or after dinner. Just look at your life and put it, fit your sits where they best belong. Um, just don't do it too late at night because if you find yourself falling asleep, then you, you probably want to move this sit because you're falling asleep. And that's okay. And God's not going to be angry that you fell asleep, but you might want to move it earlier if you find you're, you know, you're nodding off. Yeah. I tell, I've told people before if they fall asleep during my sermons, then I'm glad that I've helped them. Obviously they needed the rest. And if I could uh, assist them in some way, then, uh, then that's good. <laughs> so, um, uh, I really appreciate it. I wanted to read this uh, this one quote uh, from the book. Um, just uh, this is from chapter two. When we enter into the depths of centering prayer, we take a mini vacation from ourselves, our anxieties, our hangups. We experience something inexpressible and holy. Just as we come back from a vacation renewed and and invigorated. Likewise, we emerge from centering prayer with a beginner's mind that is revived and ready for whatever may come next. Um, I really like that. Uh, and I think it speaks to where a lot of people are at this idea of, I think a lot of people feel like, oh, I wish I could get a vacation from myself, from my anxieties and from my hangups. Um, 
not and not just a vacation from the to-do list and all the things I've got to do. Um, but it's our, it's our, um, the state of our soul, the state of our, the, our mental health. Like, can we just get a, uh, if I could get a break from that, that would be great. I think there's lots of people in that situation. Um, and I don't know that they know of, uh, of what a difference this kind of spiritual practice can make. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk a little more about that. Like what is, what, what was that like for you? Cause I mean, you, you came to this, um, it's not like you were practicing centering prayer from, from age 10 and when, and it's been there your whole life. Like you, you have sort of a, well, what were things like when I didn't know about this practice and, and then what's it right. been like after? Uh, so what's been your experience of, of this idea of a mini vacation? <laughs> Sure. I mean, I've, I guess I've been practicing Centering Prayer since June 1, 2014. I'm not sure magical about June 1, but that was the date I picked. I'd always been attracted to silence, just didn't know what to do in the silence. Discovered it in Amos Smith's book, um, Healing, uh, Healing the Divide, Recovering Christianity's Mystic Roots. So I thought, aha, here's a practice I can do, right? Because I didn't know what to do in the silence. Um, and then what I discovered really was a whole new world. So when I think of who was rich before center in prayer and who was rich after center in prayer, um, rich is a more confident person. Uh, rich has even more excitement for life. Um, rich seems calmer and more at peace. Rich seems more better able to not jump and react. I mean, I, I have my days where I react and I realize to slow down, but I'm, I'm less reactive. And I, I like to think I'm more willing to listen and realize that maybe someone has something important to say, and maybe it is right, and, and I don't need to think their opinion is, is wrong. Um, so those are some of the things. And then obviously pre-centering prayer, uh, I had no intention of creating a website. I had no intention of writing a book and coaching people. All of that started falling in place after centering prayer. So I began centering prayer you know, in 2014, and then all of a sudden, I now have a website that's four years old. I have a bunch of people that subscribe to my site. I do coaching. And I've written a book that was just published. And it's simply because I want to share Center in Prayer with, with the world and let them see if it's something that will help them. And if it doesn't, that's fine. It's not for everyone. And then I'm even willing to help people find the right practice for them because there's a lot of, there's many different contemplative practices that can accomplish the same occult fruits that, I, that I've experienced as a result of centering prayer. So sitting with God um, does something to you. God trans, I sit with God because I love God. And then God seems to transform me because I'm just sitting with God and letting God work in me do do right. the work that needs to be done. So it's been a, it's been a wonderful um, last six years or so. And I'm really excited for the next six plus years as a result of center. It sounds like it's a, it's, it's a long-term kind of practice too. Like I, and, and just thinking about like human relationships is, is the same kind of thing. Um, like it's, you know, if you, if you have an acquaintance and you have like, you know, you, you end up having coffee with them, you get to know them a little better, you know, you spend time with them. Um, but if you do that, you know, once every three years, you're kind of just catching up every time. Like it doesn't, that relationship doesn't end up having really a huge impact on you, right? Like it's, um, it's nice, 
it's fine. Um, but that's very different than a, than a relationship where you're daily spending time together. Um, and if we believe that God is, uh, you know, a, a person, like a, a relatable being, right. Um, then, uh, I, I kind of feel like we, we need to trust God more. Like, I think we sometimes have a more utilitarian idea of who God is. Um, either God is up there in the sky or God is like the, the wish granter. And we just hope that, you know, okay, maybe he'll grant this one this time. Um, but it's not like God isn't that right. Um, so I think contemplative practices overall, I think help us, uh, have that relationship with God. Who's actually a relatable, someone we can relate to as opposed to sort of this distant kind of concept or idea, um, but I, I feel like we—I feel like there's lots of people that just have this idea that God is God has function as an utility rather than is 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 a person like that we relate to. Um, anyway, I don't know what I'm not really asking a question there. I don't think. <laughs> no, but I think it's a, it's an important point. Like you think of God, God is a for me. God has moved from you know above me and looking at me and and even judging me in my younger days to really. God is still above me, but God's around me. God is walking with me. God is within me. Um, God is never not present. And God is more of a, is, is a loving, compassionate, empathetic presence, not, not a judging presence and a very inclusive presence. Um, and that's how God has changed for me. And I see that, I guess, in, in Jesus in the Bible. We see Jesus that, you know, is the human actions of a lot of those um, actions, quite frankly. So. Sure. And to say that, like, when I say God is a person, I might want to say God is three persons, but, um, but I would, I'd say like God still plays, still has functions the same way that like human beings have functions and God is so much more like the way your language is often about, uh, seems to be about God is being right. Like that's a God within and God around. Um, but even so, I would want to emphasize at the same time that God is re- is relatable, right? So it's not, God isn't just, God isn't esoteric, right? Like it's sort of, right. it isn't just floating around and it isn't just up there, but it is around as and within. Um, I am saying it, it's not really it. Um, uh, and, and that we can relate to God. So I like thinking in relational terms. I think it's partly that's a metaphor that's helpful because we actually know what it's like to relate to another human being. Um, and if, and again, how do, how do we do that with God? I think we have lots of people just have deficient ways of doing that. Um, or, or just aren't thinking about it, um, or not realizing that that's something that could make a massive difference in their life. Uh, one thing I really appreciated about, I think there was a, you have a chapter on sort of, uh, what was it? The, is it the fruits of, of centering prayer? Um, and part of that chapter what I loved is how much joy comes through uh, in that chapter. And so it seems like you're kind of observing your life and your relationship with people and your work. And, and it seems like, oh, because of this time I've spent with God, I'm actually enjoying these gifts of work and life and family. And, um, and I, I, and I feel like that's a, that's a perspective we really need today. Um, and I think there's a lot of people kind of distracted or not, not paying attention even to what is good. Um, so I really like that in that chapter. 
Right. And I, and it, it reminds me, and it's in the book. I have, um, I remember a particular day. It, I remember being in December, I was working from home and, um, the prior evening went into the basement and wondering why the carpet is wet, open up the utility room and, and the, the heater, the, the water heater kind of had broken and water, like a shower of water was spraying. Oh. And I, my wife came running down and we're trying to shut the, we couldn't find the knobs to turn the water off. And then we finally turned it off and figured out right, we'll deal with this in the morning. And then in the morning, my wife's dealing with the insurance company. I'm trying to work. The kids actually had a half a day. So they came home and then we had, um, called the public adjuster and they had, so here we are, I'm trying to work at home. I have conference calls dealing with clients at work and we have hammering and banging and like sawing going on because I actually had to remove like 18 inches of the wall in the basement so that there would be no mold. And then they put like heaters or whatever to dry the basement. And then they had put about 20 bags of our stuff in garbage for us to go through. And I'm thinking I got through the day and I, the only way I can think I got through the day was because of, centering prayer and how it has helped me because it was just it was an absolutely crazy day with i'm talking to adjusters i'm talking to the insurance company banging and sawing in my basement and i'm doing conference calls that i have to do um throughout the afternoon and so i looked back at six o'clock in the evening at the rest of the day and thought how the heck did i do this and i realized that center in prayer helped me it i think if i didn't center in prayer it might have been even it would have been much worse right so that's definitely a fruit of the practice is it just calms you and lets you continue to get through the day, no matter what that day brings upon you. Yeah. And I think as well, like that's a great example because not every day is going to be like joyful and fantastic. Right. Um, but, but I feel like there's, there's an opportunity to actually see, um, see the gifts in, in, in your days, like over the long term, I've found that, um, I noticed this the other day where, um, I, I think I mentioned just before we started, uh, before we started recording, I was mentioning, uh, I have a book coming out as well. Yours is just out and mine's coming. Um, right. and, uh, and I mentioned, Oh, I really should have been out two years ago. <laughs> and, uh, it's hard to stay on track sometimes. And so I'd been feeling kind of bad about some of those sorts of things. Um, and, uh, and the other day I was at the, at, at the lake at my mom and dad's place and there was some great waves in the, in uh, Lake Winnipeg. And so we went into, uh, went into playing the waves with my daughter and, and my niece. And it just kind of struck me as I'm doing that. I'm thinking, well, this is, this is what it's all about. Like, yeah, I probably could be doing some editing or some, <laughs> you know, whatever the next steps are for my book right now. But actually, I need to notice like what is the gift of of this moment that I'm in. Um, but I find that I'm often kind of my mind is thinking about like what's the next thing as opposed and and the list and the things that I got to do and what I haven't done, um, rather than actually paying attention to the moment and the gift that's in the moment. Uh, and so when I read that in your book, I thought, oh yeah, like if I want to try to cultivate that more, then I need to be. I realized I actually haven't been as consistent as I would normally be with my, with my spiritual practices as well. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That's, those things are actually going to help me notice the gifts that are there in my life. Um, and, uh, and not, not dwell as much on the things that are, that are causing anxiety or stress. Um, uh, but, but maybe be able to tackle them in a, in a more fruitful way. So I, I found that a really encouraging chapter. Um, 
And uh, and I do want to I, I do want to hear what you have to say about this though, because in the same chapter, I think you mention at the beginning, we enter centering prayer with no expectations. So at the same time that there are fruits, there like there are benefits, and we've been talking a bunch about those. Um, what do you mean when you say, well, we enter centering prayer with no expectations? Uh, yeah, what I mean by that is we're not coming to God as, as a genie in the sky granting us our wishes. We're really sitting with God, and I often try to remind myself of this. Even I, I think everybody has to remind himself, um, I'm really sitting with God because I love God. So centering prayer really is a practice and a relationship with God. So I'm sitting with God just because I love God, and I want God to transform me into the person God wants me to become. So that's what I mean by you know, with no expectations is I'm coming and and that's really the gesture of centering prayer. You let go of any thoughts and emotions. So your thought or emotion could be what you think you should do and what actions you think you should take or actions you're sorry that you took. Uh, letting go of, of all of that and opening to God, opening to the presence and actions of God within. And, and I strongly believe the actions of God within are what God's praying in us. And that could be anything. It could be wisdom for tasks. It could be uh, nudges to try and do new things, or it could even just be a sense of peace and calmness because that's what you need right now. So it's really just entering with no expectations and letting God act in us and letting God drive our next steps as much as possible. Yeah. And it seems like it's kind of an, a, a big exercise in trust um, and I think anytime there's letting go, <laughs> you're trusting. <laughs> right. So, and, and even like, I think it, like how, how much letting go do you have to do? I guess <laughs> maybe that's a question. How much letting go do you do in centering prayer? Like, I think it just, is it never ending? It is. And it depends. So you're, whenever you engage a thought, you use your sacred word, which usually is a two or three syllable word or even a one-syllable word, just to bring you back to the present. And then you let go of that word and open to the presence and actions of God. Now, I use an image. You can use an image. I think I use an interior image. Or you can stare ahead at a spot in front of you, or even your breath. But any one of those methods is whenever you engage something and find that you're beginning to plan and plot and do everything other than your prayer, centering prayer, you use that sacred word to bring yourself back to the present. So the letting go can be often as often as you need it or and sometimes you don't need it because you generally you just bring yourself back and there's no such thing as a you know you can't fail a center in prayer if you show up and let go when you need to you haven't failed mm-hmm. god can act in a millisecond in you god doesn't need god doesn't need 20 minutes um, we might probably need the 20 minutes to calm ourselves and stop our planning and plotting. God needs a very short period of time to act in us once we open to God as much as possible as we can. I'm trying to remember something. I don't know if I made, I don't think I made a note about this, um, but I feel like I remember something in the book about, and this is early on, uh, about uh not knowing kind of as you're in in a sit it's sort of not until you come out of it that you sort of know that or have a sense that you actually were with god like it's does that sound right um 
it's sort of like as you're in it, you're not thinking, oh, I'm with God right now, you know, or here, oh, look, there's God showing up. Um, but, but it's more after, whereas you come to the end of it, that there's a sense of, of what, that, what that time was about or what that time was. Yeah, I, 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 for me, I call it the spaces between my thoughts. So I, there are times where I've done my centering prayer sits and I remember the bell, opening bell, and then I, all of a sudden I remember the closing bell going off and it was like, what happened? And I know I wasn't sleeping. Right. I was able to let go as much as possible and get in between thoughts um, is the way I think of it as. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of a nice place to be. You're, you're purely resting in God beyond thoughts and emotions. And I didn't know I was there until the bell, you know, woke me up at the end, not woke me up because I wasn't sleeping, but um, nudged me to say, okay, your sit, your sit is over. So I've noticed that with some of my sits where all of a sudden, I don't know where I went, but I know I was sleeping and I'm scientifically, I guess I might call it an alpha state or whatever they call it, but it's, you can go to a very deep, deep state that from my understanding is, you know, even deeper than sleeping. Right. Is there something about, about the time? Um, like I know it's sort of recommended, I don't know where the recommendation necessarily comes from for 20 minutes. And I know we've said, like, we've encouraged people, like, do what you can, start where you can, all that stuff's true. But, but is there something special about, about the 20 minutes? <laughs> I think that, they, I think they just find that that's, most people might need that long to, to, you know, shut off the internal chatter. Okay. But a lot of people do different variations. Some people do 10 minutes, some people do 15 minutes. And I've, I've, so as much as possible, I do 20 minutes. But there was a period of time where work was really hectic and I actually shifted to three sets, but cut them to um, 13 minutes each. So I did three 13-minute sets because that's what I needed to, to get through that period of time. Then when yeah. things calmed down, I shifted back to two 20-minute sets. So I think it's important really just to look at your life and what is your life telling you about sure. when, where, when do I need to do the sit? How often do I need to do the sit? And even how long God's not going to be upset if you're shifting your sits, shifting the time limit that you do on it. Right. I think the important thing is really just to do the sit. <laughs> even Right. If- I, I just noticed with the reason I asked too, is that I noticed with um, prayer walking, um, I mean, sometimes, sometimes not, not really anything happens, you know, um, quite often, but there's, there's a fair number of times where there's some clarity that comes or there's some sense of, oh, suddenly I know, oh, this is what I need to do. Or sometimes it's with sermons. I'm kind of mulling my sermon as I walk a little bit and I get, oh, now I've got the key. And it never, I, that never happens in like the first, you know, 10 minutes of a walk. Um, like it, it takes a while to, like, like you said, it takes a while to shut off as much, cause really in some ways it is a very similar to a centering prayer practice where it's sort of, you've got to actually shut things off. If you're actually trying to pray and walk, you can't just keep bringing the laundry list to God. Like I use it as a, as a way of fo- trying to focus. Um, but I find that if I'm, if I'm praying even a question or I'm trying to get a sense for, well, what would God want me to do or something like that, I never get a sense of clarity until the second half of the walk or often very much toward the end of, you know, I can see the, the parking lot is now in sight or whatever it is. Um, 
that that's when uh, something something different happens, like there's some corner that's turned. And I just wondered if centering prayer might be a similar kind of thing. I don't, I don't think you, the, the, you're not trying to accomplish the same kind of thing as that kind of prayer of a discernment type prayer. Um, but I wondered if, yeah, maybe it is about just shutting off long enough. Um, yeah. I, I would say, so I think you have a lot of clutter and monkey mind going on and sometimes clearing the clutter can take, can take that long. Um, and then once you've cleared the, cl- the clutter, it's almost like like a runner's high. Like I, I don't jog now, but when I did run, I could. In the beginning, it was brutal, and then you push through the brutalness of it, and all of a sudden, you feel like I can run forever. Sometimes that, and then you get the runner's high. So I'm equating that to centering prayer. You can possibly get a centering prayer high, where suddenly the clutter is gone, and then you could just sit, and and it's okay. So, and I'm envisioning the same thing with your walking. You've that time spent clearing the clutter and getting it all removed. Then you get more clarity and, and what's underneath all that starts blossoming and coming out for you. Okay, cool. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I'm just going to ask you about the opening chapter. The opening chapter is titled a beginner's mind. And uh, what is that? What is beginner's mind? <laughs> I would say it's really just coming to God as a child, um, as Jesus encouraged to do, is just being open and curious. Um, that's really what centering prayer is all about, is just sitting with God and opening, letting go like a child and, and opening with, you know, to the presence and actions of God within being curious and being uh, willing to be surprised and, and being s- spontaneous and not worrying. So when you look at, like I look at my son, who's even 12, he just rambles around the house and he can pick up something and turn it into a, a mini adventure for the next hour. So it's just being childlike with your prayer and just trusting that this is going to be fun and okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not playing during centering prayer, but you're being curious as to, okay, if I really do let go and open to God, you know, what can happen? So come to it with that, you know, attitude and posture. And, yeah. and every time, Every time you come, think of, I think I'm a beginner every time I come to center in prayer. I, I'm, I'm, I'm work in progress until the, until the last day I'm on this earth. I'm, I'm still work in progress. Yeah, I, re- I really like that. I think that's good. And that's a good reminder, kind of no matter where you are in the journey too, that you're like coming back to that beginner's mind um, right. is, is, a, is a good thing to do um, and to remind yourself that you're, we're, we're, we're receiving, right? It's not, uh, um, we're not getting controlling that moment. Yeah. It's really Sorry, getting right. our ego out of the way and that we think we know what's right and letting go and opening and realizing greater vision, greater clarity by just opening to the moment and what does it have to offer me? What can it teach me? What, how can I react to it? Not sure. being narrow focused. Yeah. Well, uh, Rich, we've been talking for a while, so I'm going to say thanks again for being here and uh, and having this conversation. It's been really rich. Um, no, no pun intended there. <laughs> but, um, uh, we um, tell people again, uh, you had mentioned uh, your website as well, so people can go there and also just let us know once again the name of the book and where to find where to find you and the book and, and all things you're doing. Sure. My website, easy to remember, silenceteaches.com. 
And for those that subscribe, we'll, uh, they'll get my weekly emails, uh, meditation, but they'll also get a free ebook on centering prayer. Hmm. And then my book, uh, Sitting with God, um, A Journey to Your True Self Through Centering Prayer, they can find it on my website or they can go directly to Amazon and find it in Kindle and paperback. And I'll also comment, I, I love to dialogue with people. So anyone that's, as they're reading it, feel free to message me, private message me on Facebook or Twitter, or um, email me through my contact page. I love to dialogue with people if they have questions, comments um, regarding Center and Prayer or anything they come across in my book or the my free ebook. Just love to interact with people. Sure. That's great. Thanks so much for this today. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Rich Lewis. And uh, feel free to go check out his book, Sitting with God, and also my book that's uh, just about to come out, Let God Send, Crossing Boundaries and Serving in Christ's Name. If you're looking for that, you can find it at letgodsend.com. Again, thanks for listening today and take care.